Today on Ag News Daily. The only way we get any of that power back is to let it go in some way. You know, and Secrets of Ag is a way I've been giving people a space to let those secrets go without consequence. You know, I've been um, slowly reposting those secrets. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Thursday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell joined by Ashton Carr. Ashton, I tell you what, I just had a fantastic lunch. I'm super sleepy now. I had some pretty good Italian food here for lunch. And now it's going to be hard to get through today's podcast. I'm not going to lie. You know, Delaney, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't have a whole lot of energy today. It's been a pretty busy day here at Ag News Daily. So I'm kind of just dragging along too. Yeah, well, thank goodness we are heading right into the weekend. And a long weekend at that. We certainly are. So folks, that's a reminder for you guys. Tomorrow will be our last podcast of May, actually, for that matter, but also for the week here. We'll kick things back off on Tuesday. But uh, in the meantime, Ashton, we do have two more episodes ahead of us, this one and of course tomorrow. So we've got to get through just two more days and then we'll be able to enjoy a long weekend here. Absolutely, Delaney. I'm ready to get through this week. It's certainly been one that's kind of dragging, but I have a short piece of news to kind of kick things off for us today as U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai had her first virtual phone call between China's vice premier. And it has been said that the U.S. and China should work together to push for the implementation of the phase one trade deal after some kind of talks and stuff after this call was made. But other than that, we don't know too many details of what was discussed other than trying to implement more of the phase one trade deals. So hopefully, I mean, this just came out today, earlier today. So maybe later on, even after Memorial Day, we can see a little bit more about what this conversation was about and what we might be able to see going further with the phase one trade deal. Because of course, that was implemented back in the Trump administration, but we haven't seen, I guess, too much movement on the phase one trade deal since Biden stepped into office, talked a little bit about other things concerning trade, but not too much about our relationship with China and that trade deal. Yeah, that's true. We haven't really seen the administration be super vocal on that. So I'm eager to see what happens here. And While we're on the topic here of China, USDA has put out some new projections. They said surging corn shipments to China will help push U.S. ag exports to a record $164 billion for this fiscal year ending September 30th. Now, that's some fresh data that the USDA has just released today, or excuse me, as of yesterday, Wednesday. And so that's positive, of course, and their outlook as a whole for agriculture is a little bit rosier even than this time last year due to a lot of these increased purchases we've seen coming out of China and other trading countries. So we exported about 137 excuse me, $135.7 billion worth of ag commodities in fiscal year 2020. Now they're adding another good 2020. Now they're adding another good chunk of that to raise $64 billion there, as I mentioned. So pretty healthy increase and a $7 billion increase, even compared to their last forecast that they put out in February. So should be a rosier picture overall for agriculture. And I think that's definitely echoed into today's commodity markets, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. 
Well, Delaney, for this next piece of news, I want to talk a little bit about SNAP because U.S. Congressman Don Bacon says that he wants a clearer future on what USDA's SNAP program will look like after the pandemic. Bacon is the ranking member on the Agriculture Subcommittee for Nutrition and Oversight, which has authority over SNAP. So it kind of makes sense, of course, that we are seeing Bacon talk about this so passionately. But he tells Brownfield Ag News that there is bipartisan support to find a solution to what he calls the cliff problem. Bacon says another focus will be ensuring that children and families continue to have healthy food even as we're coming out of the pandemic. And he added that there will be stronger negotiations over other parts of SNAP like unemployment waivers and what to do with the 15% pandemic EBT expansion. Bacon expects lawmakers to find quote middle ground before the final version heads to President Biden. So seeing a little bit of conversation about SNAP, I mean, we've seen bits and pieces um, during the pandemic. So it makes sense that we're trying to look and see what this program is going to look like as that we're reaching that light at the end of the tunnel. We're coming out of the pandemic. Thank goodness. I'm talking super fast here, Delaney. I guess I'm just really (laughs) excited to be out of a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. And we're starting to see a lot more economies open back up, including a lot of states across the United States. But uh, speaking of the pandemic, got a little update here on the Argentina port strike situation going on. We did see as of yesterday late afternoon, the union announced that they have come forward with an agreement, a deal, if you will, with the government as the government has agreed to step in and set up a COVID-19 vaccine rollout plan specifically for Argentinian dock workers. And of course, we're going to have to wait and see what this plan is and whether or not it's up to par for dock workers. But in the meantime, they have ended their strike that started on Tuesday of this week, which was the second strike here in just two weeks. But um, yeah, I guess I have a little question to see whether or not the Argentinian government actually follows through with this and and rolls out a vaccine plan of any sort. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if there's continued strikes in the future because the plan doesn't get rolled out correctly or in a way that workers approve of. So we'll continue to watch that story. Well, another company, Delaney, that is rolling out a plan here in the near future or, you know, is rolling out this plan right now is Bayer. In response to a U.S. judge's rejection of Bayer's $2 billion class action proposal, the company announced a five-point plan late yesterday to address any future claims. In addition, Bayer addressed concerns of row crop farmers who use Roundup for weed control. The company says that this decision will have no impact on the ag marketplace or Bayer's commitment to Roundup or Roundup Ready for its farmer and retail customers. Now, like I said, this is a five-point plan. I won't go into anything, you know, too specific or anything here, but this five-point plan from Bayer does include creation and promotion of a new website with scientific studies relevant to Roundup safety and a request that EPA approves corresponding language on Roundup labels. Um, Another little point that this plan includes is future claim settlements and independence science advisory panels, 
Ongoing efforts to settle existing claims will be reassessed and continuing appeals will be done. So just a couple of things there when it comes to Bayer. And honestly, this fight has been going on for quite some time. So to me, it just makes sense that Bayer finally came out with a plan to kind of tackle any future claims or anything like that. But the company has said that it's confident that this new five-point plan of legal and commercial actions provides an effective path for them to manage and address any risks from potential future Roundup litigation. Yeah, and I saw that piece of news as well there. But uh, let's see. Other than that, I wasn't watching a whole lot of news today. You stole one of my news stories. So what do you say we hop over here and chat markets? Let's do it. Fantastic. Well, we had some excitement today in the grain markets as all across the board, things were higher and we even saw July front month corn lock limit up today. So it'll be interesting to see how we trade tomorrow heading into the holiday weekend. But we're starting to see the funds go long here after we saw kind of the bloodbath we had last week. We're starting to things see things strengthen back up here, at least short term. Term. But of course, we will not be trading on Monday. So we'll see how the markets close tomorrow and react after a long holiday weekend. But in the meantime, we had green today with the July corn contract limit up to close at 664 and a half. Beast new crop corn up 34 and a quarter cent to close at 555 on the lose. Soybeans also made big moves to the upside today with the July contract adding 33 and a half cents to close at 1537. November up 31 and a quarter cent to close at 1378 and a quarter. The wheat pits today, the July contract up 27 and three quarters cents to close at 676 and a quarter. The Dece up 26 and a half to close at 686 and a quarter. Hopping over to take a look at the livestock markets today. We had some mixed trade across the protein markets. June live cattle down a dime today to close at 116.35. The August up a dime to close at 119.42 and a half. Feeder cattle sold off today as the August contract shed $2.35 to end at 152.85. The September down $2.27.5 to close at 154.82 and a half. And in lean hogs today, strength with the June contract adding 45 cents to close at 115.72 and a half. The July up 30 cents to close at 116.70. And wrapping things up here with our class three dairy milk futures weakness today is the June contract shed 35 cents to close at 17.63. The July down 24 cents to close at 18.31. Ashton, we've had so many great interviews today. Fill us in on who we're talking to for today's Thursday afternoon interview. Today, we are talking to Jessica Peters from CGS Farm. Well, today on the podcast, we are talking to Jessica Peters, otherwise known as C. Jess Farm on social media. Jess, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So I, of course, want to talk about a, a smothering of things because in your Instagram bio, you just have kind of a lot going on, it looks like. So before we really deep dive into what it is you're doing, Jess, tell us just a little bit more about your background in agriculture. Um, yeah, so I, I don't like to commit to just one thing, you know, um, I am a dairy farmer in Pennsylvania with my family. I own and operate the farm that I grew up on Spruce Row farm. We milk jerseys. Um, I, I did go to college for animal sciences. I went to Penn state university. And shortly after that, I lived in New Zealand for two years, milking cows over there. Uh, did a little bit of, you know, traveling. 
Um, and then I've been home here for 10 years, maybe 11 years full time. Um, I handle the cows. My brother Dave's, handles all the equipment and crops and things. And my dad kind of does a little bit of all, all the things. Um, I also advocate online, which is, you know, part of why I'm talking to you today. I'm also an author. I um, have written two children's books about dairy farming, about our farm. One of them actually was just released just recently. Um, yeah. And that, that takes up pretty much all of my time. Jess, you certainly seem like a, a cool character, especially when it comes to, you know, your travels. I think that, that is super interesting. But another thing that I kind of want to touch on is your advocacy and your presence online, because online, of course, you're advocating for the ag industry, but you're also a secret keeper, a mental health speaker. So why don't we dive into that a little bit more and, you know, talk those details. Um, yeah, so um, secret keeper is, you know, slightly secretive, I guess there's a better word for that. Um, <clears throat> about two years ago, I put a video out into the world. Um, I called it Dear Struggling Farmer. It just talked about what it felt like to be a farmer. And, you know, when everything snowballs and you go down a dark path and, you know, you feel completely alone and nobody understands you because, you know, farms are few and far between anymore. You know, it used to be you had three neighbors who were also farmers and that's not the case anymore. And, you know, getting together with other farmers and commiserating um, isn't easy to do. And truly there's a lot that we go through that only other farmers will understand. Um, so that's kind of when I started talking about mental health, kind of, I guess I wouldn't even call it talking about mental health, just the outskirts of it. Um, and then I kind of got a little more personal with it and talking about my experiences with mental health and, you know, how I felt going through them and, um, you, you know, just, uh, I felt, it just felt really hopeless and isolating as our job already is isolating. Um, and I found the more I talked about it out loud and online through my social media outlets, the more people responded to it. You know, and at first I just get one message maybe from a friend saying, hey, I felt this way too. I didn't know you had felt this way. And, you know, now I, there are a dozen people I talk to almost daily just about how they're feeling and, um, you know, kind of checking in on each other. Um, and this all led to a little over a year ago, I started a project called Secrets of Ag. And what it is, it's based off a larger community project called Post Secret. Uh, where a gentleman named Frank Warren um, basically started asking people to mail him their secrets on postcards. And he'd repost them online once a week, all different kinds of secrets. And they ranged from, you know, super mild to, I hate my brother's cat to, um, you know, I was raped by my uncle when I was seven. You know, some of them are really intense secrets. And I thought, you know what, maybe it's time the agricultural community had a place for that. Um, so I, I started a Google form, made it completely anonymous. The only fields you have to fill in is to type out your secret. Um, you know, and some of them aren't secret. Some of them are more just people's worries and feelings that they feel like they can't get off their chest. But what I've learned in talking about my own mental health journey out, out, out loud online is how, first of all, how terrifying it is <laughs> to do that publicly, but then also how freeing it is, you know, when we don't give a voice to something we're feeling, uh, you know, like a secret, we give that secret power. And the only way we get any of that power back is to let it go in some way, you know, and secrets of ag is a way I've been giving people a space to let those secrets go without consequence. You know, I've been um, slowly reposting those secrets over the last year, year and a half, um, one by one, sometimes two by two. Um, 
And I, you know, most of the time, I don't even know who wrote those secrets, but I ask people to, you know, I kind of give my perspective or my advice or encouragement. And I ask people to leave comments doing the same, you know, um, and hopefully the secret bearer, whoever wrote that secret sees it and feels some of that strength and encouragement from people they don't even know. That's a really powerful story, Jess. And honestly, as a person who does struggle with mental health and and things of that nature, I think it's terrific what you're doing and allowing these people to voice their struggles and, you know, just being that outlet for them and doing it anonymously. I think that that's fantastic. But when it comes to mental health, I mean, we're just kind of ending mental health month here. What are some things that you either do on a regular basis or help people to do to kind of ease that kind of dark time for them? Um, In that very first video I made two years ago, I did not know what I was giving of myself, but at the end of it, I told people to find me, Uh, you know, and I made it very clear that, you know, it was kind of a farmer to farmer kind of thing. And I made it clear that I, I know I couldn't really help them. You know, our farm is in the same situation a lot of farms are. You know, we're not exactly selling out, but we're not exactly thriving right now. And um, I can't fix your problems, but I can listen to them and I can understand. I think finding a place, um, and, I, you know, I still offer that to people. Like if, if you need someone to vent to, sometimes just getting that all out is such a big deal. Um, and, you know, even part of the part of the secrets uh, project that um, has really helped people and I, th- I think really helps me is knowing you're not alone. You know, every Monday I try to post a video or a post about mental health Monday and tell people, you know, every feeling you felt someone else has felt it out there. Someone else understands what you're feeling. Um, and one thing that's really helped me is I know a lot of people take to journaling and I'm not the person who can sit there and write out what I feel. It just takes too long and I'm too impatient, but I do these like video journals and I literally just, I'll take my four-wheeler out to the middle of the woods or somewhere I'm completely alone and I will video myself talking about how I feel. It sounds, I don't know, I don't know how it sounds, maybe a little pathetic, but um, it just, it's, it's like video journaling. It's me, something about hearing myself say those words out loud, even if I never post that video. You know, for every video I post about my own mental health or my own mental health journey, there's three others that are just sitting on my phone that I've only watched and I probably will never post something about seeing and hearing myself say the words out loud um, almost has forced me to work through those feelings. And for me, especially, I think you, you can't get through it until you work through it and saying it out loud helps me work through it. Jess, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of being vulnerable along this journey. Cause I think that a lot of people struggle with that And it's definitely a struggle that I've been through. So do you have any advice for those who are struggling to kind of get through their mental health journey on just being vulnerable and letting themselves feel these things and experience what they're experiencing? Um, yes and no, I get a lot that I'm brave and I honestly, I wish I had paid a little more attention to how I felt when I started talking about this publicly. Um, but I will say every time I hit the post button on one of those videos, I'm still a little terrified that, you know, even, even that one person who's having a crappy day is going to come out of the woodwork and tell me I'm lying or that they don't believe the way I'm feeling. Some, for some reason, we're 
terrified of someone telling us that the way we feel isn't the way we feel. Um, at least that's a ridiculous fear of mine, which actually saying it out loud right now is kind of making me realizing how much of a fear of mine that is. Um, but I, I mean, really advice on how to be vulnerable. It's, I think you just need to do it. And I know that's probably awful advice, but I have found by just literally just doing it um, has opened up doors and friendships and opportunities and not even opportunities as far as like speaking or, you know, anything financial or, you know, pushing my advocacy further, just opportunities for me to better learn who I am. We lie to ourselves so often, at least I do. Maybe I'm alone in that. And this is an awful realization I'm having live on this podcast, but um, I, I think we can trick ourselves into thinking that we're completely okay, or we can handle it on our own, or um, that no one wants to hear what we have to say. And I, there, I think they're lies. You know, maybe tomorrow we'd have this conversation and I wouldn't be able to admit that. But a lot of the crap I say to myself in my head is a lie. And it's hard to realize that without pushing yourself to be vulnerable with and towards other people. Well, Jez, it's been really great to talk to you. I, I think that conversations like this can be very productive. But for our listeners who maybe want to share a secret or learn a little bit more about you and what it is that you're doing over at the dairy, where can they find you online? Uh, so on Facebook, we have a Facebook page under the farm name. It's Spruce Row Farm. Um, and on Instagram, I am C Jess Farm, like C Spot Run. Um, and yeah, from there, you can find all of my uh, websites and other, other, those are my two main social media outlets, but you can find me elsewhere from those spots. So. Awesome. Well, Jess, thank you again for, for coming on today. Really loved having this conversation. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again there to Jess for coming on and chatting with us, especially during Mental Health Awareness Month. I think it was a, a great time to talk to her. So definitely appreciate having that conversation. But like Delaney said, we had a couple of interviews that we conducted earlier today. So folks will have to tune in next week after the long weekend to see what kind of conversations we were having. So be sure to tune in at agnewsdaily.com. And with that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.